Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mysteries of the Paranormal. This week we will be covering Chapita Rodriguez. Chapita Rodriguez, to give her proper name, was the daughter of a Mexican who fought alongside Sam Houston and others in the cause of Texas independence. Rodriguez was reportedly born on December 30th of 1799 in Mexico. Life was unkind to Chapita, though a marriage turned sour, and her husband walked out one day, taking their son with him. She would not see the boy again for many years, and when she did, it would cost her her life. By the mid-19th century, Chapita was living in poverty. She furnished travelers with meals and a cot on the porch of her lean-to on the nearby river. One such was a man named John Savage, who showed up one night with $600 in gold and his saddlebags. He did not live through the night. He was killed with an axe, and Chapita was accused of his murder. Legend says that another man was at Chapita's cabin that night. He was her long-lost son, Juan, and killed John Savage, taking his gold and leaving his mother to face the dreadful music that followed. Chapita was indicted on circumstantial evidence and tried before 14th District Court Judge Benjamin F. Neal at San Patricio. Although Rodriguez maintained her innocence, she refused to testify in her defense and remained silent throughout the trial, perhaps to protect her guilty son. Although the jury recommended mercy, Neil ordered her execution. She was hung on Friday, November 13, 1863. No gallows were built for Chapita Rodriguez. She was hung and buried under a mesquite tree by the nearby river. The mesquite tree died shortly thereafter. Allegedly struck by lightning and the site of her grave has been lost to flooding since her death. She was 63 at the time of her death. Her last words were quoted as being, I am not guilty. At least one witness to the hanging claimed to have heard a moan from the coffin which was placed in an unmarked grave. More than a century later, on June 13, 1985, the Texas legislator passed a resolution noting that Rodriguez did not receive a fair trial. Over the years, her ghost has been sighted in a stand of trees near where she died. Rodriguez is decepted as a specter with a noose around her neck riding through the mesquite trees or welling from the river bottoms. At first, the legend said that she appeared only when women was about to be executed in Texas, but even there, where judicial executions were carried out at the highest rate in the nation. There have been only a few executions of women, so the legend changed. Chapita is now said to walk whenever any Texas woman is unjustly accused of the crime 
of murder. I would also like to give a shout out to Ghost Stories of Texas with Lone Pine Publishing. Joanne Christensen did write a story about this that is titled The Hanging of Japita Rodriguez. And tells of a very similar story. She mentions that it is a shadow moves in the moonlight. A soft sound is carried on the wind. It is a mournful sigh than gentle sobbing that can be heard above the soothing sound of the river. Suddenly, a dark shape can be seen. The silhouette of a woman gliding along the path near the water at the base of an old mesquite tree. The figure passes. Her head tilts slightly back, and she emits an unearthly will. The cry pierces the night air, freezing the blood of anyone who hears it. It is the last sounds of Chapita Rodriguez, who suffers eternally for the injustice committed nearly a century and a half ago. If you would like to hear the story further, you can go check out Terrifying Tales, That is also on this. You can find that wherever you get your podcast or at Rogue Media Network to hear the full story. Again, that is Ghost Stories of Texas by Joanne Christensen. That is published by Lone Pine Publishing. So thank you for letting us read that on Terrifying Tales, Lone Pine. I have enjoyed doing that. And if, like I said, if you want to hear that full story, head on over to Terrifying Tales to hear it. Do you like haunted houses? Think you might have psychic abilities? Then head on over to participate in a spooky scientific study that takes place on July 19th through the 31st with parapsychologists Dr. Brian, Dr. James, and Dr. Cindy. They will be conducting a study of ESP abilities in Waco, Texas. So if you'd like to hang out in a haunted house and a beautiful church, With parapsychology researchers while testing your own psychic abilities, come on over and join them. For further information on how to participate, go to the Waco Ghost Facebook page, facebook.com slash Waco Ghost, or contact Cindy Little at WacoGhosts at gmail.com. This week's episode is going to be Old Joe. The story today tells of a good-hearted woman who was wronged by the one charged with her care and her revenge from beyond the grave. This is indeed a tale of one of the most justified hauntings by a ghost in North Carolina's storied history. It starts well before the Civil War when slavery was the norm. A plantation owner in Pender County had realized that one of his house slaves had grown too old for her duties, Old Joe. 
as she was known, had been good to the family, helping to raise the children and take care of the house for as long as the master could remember. He felt an obligation to take care of her as she had taken care of him. So he had a cabin constructed for her in the slave section, and a slave named Sissy was taken from the fields and instructed to help old Joe with anything she needed. Old Joe appreciated what the master did for her, but it wasn't long before she discovered Sissy wasn't exactly a hard worker. In fact, that girl did the bare minimum to get by. Instead of helping Joe, she felt the old woman was a burden on her. She would only get water when she was thirsty, and old Joe was fed only after Sissy had eaten all she had wanted. The old woman would spend days in bed developing bed sores because Sissy was too lazy to move her to the chair where she could see the sun. Old Joe tried to get word to the master, but the family had gone away on a trip, leaving the overseer in charge. Old Joe's attempts to get word to him failed as well. Friends would often stop by the cabin and talk with Old Joe, who was not shy about telling of her feelings of sissy to guess. If I were younger, I'd slap the life out of her. She would tell her friends over and over. One day, Sissy was waiting at the edge of the field when the overseer rode up on his horse. Old Joe had died during the night. Crying, the young girl asked to be the one to lay out Old Joe for the funeral. The overseer agreed, thinking it was a sign of respect for the dead. What he didn't know was that Sissy didn't want anyone to know the level of neglect Joe had suffered. After the funeral, the overseer told Sissy to return to the field, but the girl refused and locked herself in old Joe's cabin, saying she would, she would return to the fields when her master himself ordered it. The next morning, the overseer was enraged to find Sissy not with the other workers. Pounding on the door to the cabin, he demanded the girl return to the fields. When he got no reply, he kicked the door down. The sight that met him was absolutely horrific. The girl was laying beside the door, dead. There was a look of terror on her face, and her fingers were bleeding from she, where she was scratching at the door to get out. Her face was bruised, and both her eyes were nearly swollen shut. The overseer couldn't understand how this had happened. There was no one else in the cabin and no sign of forced entry. The overseer was stumped. The other slaves knew exactly what had happened. Old Joe had returned to make good on her promise to slap the life out of that girl. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Mysteries of the Paranormal. If you yourself have a experience with the paranormal, uh, cryptid, or you want to hear about something in specific, you feel free to DM me at Mysteries of the Paranormal on Instagram, TikTok, 
Facebook. You can also find me at Mysteries of Para on Twitter. You can also email me at themysteriesoftheparanormal at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from y'all. Until then, see y'all next time.